The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. All right, welcome to my first ever episode. Wow, this is You're Gonna Love Me. I'm Katie Maloney, and this feels so cool and so surreal. I have goosebumps and nothing's even happened yet, but this just feels uh, like a long time in the making. Uh, I don't know. I'm in day like 600 of quarantine and my house looks like fucking Legoland because I just have gone nuts buying up Lego sets and just putting them together. But you know, I really enjoy the whole tactical sort of aspect of it. I like to do stuff with my hands and keep my mind busy. And I don't know if that's the most productive use of my time, but it's just what feels right because I think this time is about doing what feels right. But yeah, so um, this podcast, I'm really, really happy. I was, you know, brainstorming ideas. And the idea turned into another idea, into another idea, into another idea. But the main thing I want this to be about is my favorite animal. And it's not dogs, it's people. <laughs> I love people. And even though I, I only choose to hang out with a, a few of them and I don't like most of them, just kidding. But I'd, I've always really just thought humans are just crazy and just the way, you know, we interact with each other and we're all different. We all look different, different sizes, different shapes. We sound different. I've always just been so interested in, in the different cultures and just how people are raised just really can just define who they are. So it's, I guess it would be sociology in a lot of ways, how we interact. I don't know anything about sociology. But yeah, I feel like I've been part of the craziest social experiment of them all for the last 10 years, which is a reality TV show, Vanderpump Rules. You may have seen it, but signed up to basically film my life, filming fights with my friends and my boyfriend, all these crazy intimate moments, even stuff like my wedding and just putting it out there with, with zero to little context of who I am as a person wholly, you know, because we're as humans, we're very dynamic. We have multiple layers to ourselves, but just putting all that out there no previous context of who I am before this show, really. Just just putting it all out there for millions of people to see. Wow, that's nuts. But I do feel hashtag must because it's been the most incredible, rewarding experience ever. And if I had to do it all again, I would. And I wouldn't change a thing, honestly. It's just, it's been a trip. It's been surreal, no pun intended. But also through that has been a lot of the inspiration for this podcast because I've learned a lot and I've also learned that I have a lot to learn. And so I want this to serve as a bit of a journey, you know, because the one thing I do know also about humans is we love to judge. Ooh, we love it. I don't know why. I'm hoping to find out a little bit as to why we love it so much, but we can't help it. We can't, there's just something that happens no matter what, when someone comes walking in a door, wherever we may be, we're going to look at them and no, without fail, <laughs> there's going to be some kind of opinion that's going to pop into our head. 
maybe not negative. Maybe you're thinking like, dang, like that person's good looking or, you know, whatever, whatever the thought may be, you're going to immediately kind of have some kind of opinion. We just can't help it. We just love it. We fucking love it. And I do it a lot myself, as you've seen <laughs> on the show. You know, I meet someone and I find out that she's, you know, slept with a married man. And I'm like, boom, you're a homewrecker. That's all I need to know about you. Case closed. Going to put you in that box. That's all. And it's like, <laughs> hold on. Wait a minute. Like, I'm just going to just put this person in a box, you know, and, and then that's it. And I don't know anything about this person. I don't know their story. I don't know where they come from. But you know what? I just, I take one little nugget of information and it's judgment city. And then <laughs> the people watch this show, they judge me for judging. So we're just all sitting around judging each other. But then what happened was, I'm talking about Lala here, if you haven't figured it out. But we had like a, in my head, I'll describe it. It's like a, you know, that Haley Mills or Lindsay Lohan, depending on how old you are, movie. Um, the one where they, um, they're twins and then they meet at the camp. Well, this isn't exactly what happened, but you know, they, they hate each other at first. They're trying to sabotage one another and then they're forced to isolate in a cabin. And then the next thing they find out is they, they get to know each other and they realize all these opinions or these judgments that they initially had are wrong. And they actually have a lot more in common. They understand each other now. They're, they're relating to one another and they're getting along. And that's what happened with me and Lala. I all of a sudden, I was just like, okay, we're both from the same place. And it's just, we started connecting. And when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that's what happened was I suddenly knew a person's story. And from there became relatability, understanding. And I thought that was just a beautiful thing. And so I was just like, wow, imagine all the judging that we do. And if we just like knew a little more story. It's like when you're watching a movie and this is what actors do, you know, they have to create a character or, you know, we're watching this movie and we're, we're watching a whole story play out. And by the end of it, you know, we're either rooting for the person or we're wanting that person dead. Not necessarily, but because, you know, we see, we see their whole journey. We see their whole story and their backstory. And you're like, oh, I just want them to win because of everything they've been through oh my God, they're just such a bad person. Look at all these things that they've been doing along this way. They're just a fucked up individual. And then you just want them to fail in the end. It's the same thing in, in real life. Imagine having seen someone's whole backstory and then wanting to root for them. So I obviously am no expert on this topic, which is why it's going to be a journey. Because I think it'd be fun to, to talk to some other people, maybe some other people who like myself, who are on a reality show or just in the in the public eye. And, you know, they open up their lives for a lot of criticism and hear their story. Because it's, it's really the, it's the sum of our experiences. It's where we come from. It's our family life. It's our traumas. It's our relationships, our lessons, all of our experiences that have really designed us to be who we are. And that ultimately, you know, guide us that develop our character. But one thing I do know is that in order to, you know, understand a person, you got to get to know them on a more personal level. So this episode is just me, myself and I, but I went to the trusty Instagram. I don't even know if that's an oxymoron, but I went to Instagram and I asked anything that anyone wanted to know about me. There's a lot of really good questions that came in. So I just tried to take a bunch of them and I'm just going to go through and answer them and hope that we can get to know 
Katie Maloney a little bit better. All right. So what did you want to be when you were little? What did I want to be when I was little? I wanted to be a couple things. For a while, I wanted to be a figure skater. I was obsessed with Peggy Fleming and Dorothy Hamill. I like would hang out at the ice rink like all day long. And I did like book reports on them in school. And I just like thought they were the coolest. And then of course, later on in life, I, I wanted to be an actress. <laughs> Dream big girl, right? Uh, my favorite travel destination is, ooh, probably Paris. It's just such a magical city. There's nothing better than just spending a day sort of getting lost, going to a little cafe and having a bite and maybe having red wine in the afternoon and just tons of cheese and bread. That city, man. I could live there for sure. Favorite part about meeting fans. Oh my gosh. Well, I always just say the excitement. Everyone's always like so excited when I meet them. And I just feel like an instant connection. I mean, the one part about being on a reality show is that it is our real lives. So a lot of times people feel like they actually know us. And, you know, they're not wrong. I mean, there's still a lot that they don't know, but they're not wrong. I mean, so having that already connection icebreaker of not having to like tell someone what your name is and what you do for a living. It's always really fun. And people have so many opinions and they're just so excited about the show and they've been watching for so long. They've literally watched me grow up on this show, seen like mine and Tom's engagement and then our wedding. And they're just always so amazing. And I just always have had the best time and they always want to take shots with me which isn't a bad thing, but it's hard to stay sober around y'all. So sheesh, on that topic, realization to tame Tequila Katie. Um, well, oh, the thing is, I definitely, for a period of time there, did not do well with alcohol. I didn't have a drinking problem. I had a being drunk problem. Like, I, I just think I drank in excess too many, too much or t- too frequently and to the point where I couldn't even handle myself. And my emotions were like wild. And it was having an effect on my relationship and my friendships. And that really destroyed me. Like I, I did not want alcohol to be something that ruined my relationship and tore my friendships apart. Like that just could not happen. So I had to just make a promise for myself just to pull back on it and just try never ever to get to that point again. And I think I've succeeded in that. I always say there was always like more than one tequila Katie. There was a fun tequila Katie. And then there's a scary tequila Katie. And the scary tequila Katie has not come around for a very long time. So I think when I just understood that I didn't want alcohol to ruin my life. So yeah. (laughs) And then a lot of people were asking about weed. I don't really know how to answer that. But I will say in California, it's legal. And that makes me happy. Um, (laughs) Anyways, moving on. What was my life like growing up? Okay, well, I grew up in the prettiest place in the whole world, basically. In Park City, Utah. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been there, go there. Year-round, it's beautiful. The winters, it's definitely known for its skiing. But in the summertime, it's, oh God, it's breathtaking. But in the 90s, it was still pretty small. It's grown quite a bit now, but it was pretty small back then and really safe. 
So I was definitely one of those kids like, you know, it was like be home by the time it's dark. And we would just like run, like we had a free city bus that ran throughout the whole town. So we just hop on the bus. I don't know where I go. I go to like Main Street and get ice cream with my friends or we just, I don't know. We just run around. I also, I also did a lot of activities. My poor parents, like we just <laughs> thought they had just bottomless bank accounts. We did a ton of activities. So I took like tennis lessons, you know, uh, theater camp stuff. I did, I, I tried soccer for a minute. I'm, I'm really not like a sports kind of girl. Like tennis was kind of like a sport. Figure skating was a sport. <laughs> but I always did like dance after school all the time. But yeah, like the town was so small. Like everyone knew each other. Like everyone. You couldn't get away with shit. I'll never forget the one time I tried to go into a bar with a fake ID that lasted about three seconds. But it was so great. I just, I loved growing up there. I felt really fortunate to have grown up in a place like that, to have the outdoors like that right outside of my door. I mean, doing like trekking camps where you just do like mountain biking and hiking and swimming. And it's just amazing. Amazing, amazing. I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. My best habit and my worst habit. Whew. My best habit. Well, the, the one thing that comes to mind is that I floss every day. I know that sounds stupid, but I, but I think that is kind of a big deal. It sounds dumb, but like no one ever flosses, I feel like. And I floss every day. So I'm going to pat myself on the back with that one. And my worst habit is probably, I mean, I definitely check my phone when I wake up. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it's like sort of like, okay, what's going on in the world? Emails or texts that I might have missed. But I think there's just a lot of bad information to receive first thing when you wake up. So I think that's mostly what it's about. I think that's a habit I would like to break. Maybe just do something that's more of like an activity, something that's more positive before I start filling my face with negativity. Moment from Vanderpump Rules, I wish wasn't shown. Okay. It's hard because it's, I don't have too many regrets because I learned so much from watching myself, even if it's unpleasant or potentially shameful. It really, I mean, doing reality TV is kind of a form of therapy in a lot of ways. And it's like looking at a, a mirror and just figuring out all the stuff you need to change. But I would say some of the fights with Tom are hard to watch, not because of the pain that it caused, but just because our relationship, showing showing a fight, one fight is um, is hard because so many times people will assume that that's how we are every day and it, we're, we're not. So it's, it's hard having just something negative be out there of our relationship of something that is so intimate and special in my life that sometimes I wish wasn't on the show so much, truthfully. Okay. What brought me to LA? Well, so I've told you that I grew up in Park City, Utah. And every winter, there is the Sundance Film Festival. And I started working at one of the, there's like the gifting lounges there. And I started working at one of those when I was 18. And from working at those, I met a um, fashion stylist who lived in LA. And I just thought she was like the coolest person ever. And I really took to her. And we became like friends and we kept in touch and and then she came back the next year. And then shortly after that, I remember she told me that 
she her assistant was leaving and she didn't know what she was going to do. And I was still, I was 20 at the time and I was living in Park City still. And I was like, kind of wanting a change. I'd been wanting to move to LA because I wanted to really try to pursue acting, but it can be a scary move. It can be really intimidating, especially growing up in a place like Park City, Utah. So I told her, I was like, well, I'll come and be your assistant. And she was like, oh my God, yes. So I like two weeks later, just like moved out there and started working like full time as her assistant, which was crazy because, you know, I spent most of the time in my car, like running errands and going to showrooms and just picking up everything. And and so I had to learn the city really quick, which was so hard because LA just is a big ass city. Let me put it that way. And then um, my eyebrows, a lot of questions around my eyebrows. And I feel like I keep answering this on Instagram, but I will just keep on answering it. So my eyebrows are microbladed, but they're just like filled in kind of microbladed. They're not like, if you were to look at them without microblading, you'd be like, okay, well, not that much of a difference. But for me, you know, it was just like one of those things where I like, there were like little patches in certain places. And one of them was kind of like not as long as the other. So I just wanted some symmetry and I just never wanted to have to like touch them again with an eyebrow pencil. And it's the best decision I've ever made, honestly, because I just feel like being able to walk out of the house without having put any makeup on, but still having like your eyebrows on because they're the the focal point of your face. They frame your face. They're kind of everything. So I highly, highly suggest if you're thinking about doing it to do it, but some things to keep in mind, okay? First of all, do your homework. Don't just go to anyone. And I know it can be pricey and you can be attracted to a lower price, but you're really going to get what you pay for. And if that doesn't convince you, just look up, you know, uh, microblading gone wrong and that should convince you. And also keep in mind that it's going to have to be done in a couple of sessions. So you're going to go in initially and they're going to do one session. And then what's going to happen is you're going to have a little bit of fallout, they'll call it. So where some of the ink or the product is going to push out. And then you're going to go back again for a touch-up. And then you should be good for like a year. I mean, I got mine done last year and they look still pretty perfect. So I'm doing good. I'll report back. But if anything, I would just have to go for like little touch-ups. So uh, I say do it. Do it, do it. But do your homework and just understand that it's a little bit of a commitment in terms of having to go back twice. What do I love about being on Vanderpump Rules and what do I hate? Well, gosh, it's been almost a decade. (laughs) Almost. But um, I love it because I get to do it with all my friends and my husband and we have so much fun. And again, it's just, it's been rewarding in so many different ways. I just have so much fun doing it. And I don't ever want to stop. Um, What I hate, there's not too much to hate about it. It can be challenging at times. Sometimes it really is difficult to be an open book and live your life just like that in front of cameras because you have to give access to everything. You can't say like, I don't want to talk about that or I don't feel like filming today. You got to be willing to just do it all and give give 100% of the time. And that can be really, really hard because it does get tough. Shit gets real. There's a lot of times people want to come on their show and they think, you know, well, I would like to be on that show. And they come in and then shit starts to get real and they start to panic because it's not for the faint of heart. But I think I'm pretty used to it by now. 
But I just have had the best time ever being on that show. My greatest fear. I feel like I have more than one, but I am really scared to fail. I often want to start something and I will think and overthink and overthink and be critical and hypercritical because I am so terrified of failing at it. I think that's common. I think a lot of people feel that way and it's just something that we just need to get over or just not be scared to take a leap. But I can't help it sometimes, you know? I want to be good and succeed at everything. And I don't know if that's realistic, but I have a hard time conceiving that I could put so much effort into something and so much heart into something and it could fail. But it happens and it's happened to me several times, but it's not going to change. I'm still scared of it. So, damn. Where in my home do I like to be the most? Oh God, I love, I mean, I love, I've always been a bedroom gal. Love just being in bed, lounging all day, watching TV, binge watching something, Housewives or whatever new Netflix shows just come out. Ooh, I love that. Or, you know, but I also like love my kitchen. Since the quarantine, I was never a cook. I've always said I don't thrive in the kitchen. I just survive. But now I'm like so into like cooking and I love it and I'm feeling more comfortable. I'm actually getting the hang of it. And I just love being there. And it's, also, it's just, it's like a congregating space too. When people come over, that's where we all kind of like hang out around the island and have drinks and chat and eat, of course. And it's just, it's just a good spot. And then of course, there's the pool on a hot day. Can't go wrong there. Most important thing about remaining who you are. I think the most important thing about remaining who you are is listening to your guts and your heart. I mean, those voices are always going to be the loudest inside of you. And those are going to be the truest. And at the end of the day, I would say like, as long as I'm speaking from my heart and really like speaking from what is inside of me, I can't feel bad. I can't have any regrets. And I, you know, that is, that is my truth. And I think you just have to stand by that truthfully. Um, And knowing, you know, where you come from and, you know, what you stand for and what you value and valuing yourself, most importantly. You can't go wrong with that, truthfully. All right. And finally, workout slash self-love routine. All right. Well, okay. Self-love, I think it's every day you got to work at it, truthfully. It's not as simple as just being like, well, I love myself, so I'm good to go. It's like, it's a relationship with yourself. It's something you got to nurture and put time into and taking that time, that investment in that time and putting it into yourself is great. Like for me, I love to take baths. So really taking time to like make a really amazing bath with like oils and salts and lighting a candle and making it a whole production and then putting on a face mask. Like that is spending a lot of time investing in myself. And then with with working out, don't put pressure on yourself with that stuff. If you're not in the mood, don't do it. Truthfully, I mean, like, there's always like a motivating yourself. But if you're putting the kind of pressure on yourself because it's, you know, outside pressure that is now like being put on yourself, just don't do it. You gotta, you gotta feel like motivation because you're excited about it and it's a healthy thing and it's a motivation that's coming from a good place. There's some days where I'm just like, you know what? I just, I need to just be easy on myself and be kind to myself today. And that is totally fine. 
And I think right now, especially being kind to ourselves is the most important thing that we can do. And, um, you know, if, if anything, what I would recommend is just doing like a little bit of stretching. It's really good for the muscles, for the blood flow. Right now, a lot of us are very sedentary just from sitting and watching TV, not getting outside enough or going to, you know, the gym or whatever it may be. Just giving like ourselves that little bit of time just to kind of stretch ourselves out a little bit can go a long way. But don't don't be too hard on yourself, truthfully. All right. I think that was all of the questions. Those are some good ones, I think. Now it's time for my rage text of the day. We all know how much I love the rage texting. But today, my rage text of the day is going to go to my period because the shit fucking sucks. Okay, because last week, the PMSing part, like I was literally crying at every commercial I watched. It's just, it's too much with the emotions, okay? And then I couldn't stop eating. Ugh, this shit's too, guys, you're so lucky, okay? Because I'm really tired of this period shit, okay? Anyways, thank you all for listening so much, honestly. I'm really, really excited about this journey we're all going to take together. And make sure you come back next week, every Friday. We're going to have guests as well. So you won't have to listen to me just ramble on. This was a lot of fun. All right. Until next time. See you later. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe. Leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate. And tune in next week for an all new episode. <laughs>